Welcome to the second series of podcasts focusing on complex innovative design trials from the Health Research Authority, the NIHR CRN Coordinating Centre, and in this series, the NIHR Office for Clinical Research Infrastructure. This time, we will be discussing some of the key learning points from the COVID-19 pandemic, and we will be building on the further questions around the management and delivery of complex, innovative design trials during the pandemic. My name is Alan Gore, and it's a pleasure to have you with us. I'm joined today by Hugh Davis, who is the chair of the Oxford A Research Ethics Committee, and was formerly Research Ethics Advisor to the Health Research Authority. Dr Davis trained in medicine and was a consultant paediatrician for many years. Dr Davis, it's always a pleasure to speak with you, so thank you for agreeing to speak with me again today. Because of the recent pandemic, clinical research for many has taken on a a new significance and it has acquired a new visibility, perhaps as never before. However, the pandemic, while prompting a surge in clinical research, has undoubtedly posed some significant challenges and perhaps also afforded us some new opportunities And it's these that I would like to talk with you about today, especially in the context of research ethics. So could I begin by asking you to tell us a little bit about some of those challenges, perhaps some of the the practical constraints that have been faced by research ethics services during the pandemic? Thanks very much, Alan. Well, well, obviously, I accept that the, the landscape has changed in this pandemic I'm not actually convinced that our deliberations are particularly different. The principles that should guide us are the same, as are the the judgments or or decisions that we need to make in committee. So I just ask to start whether whether we would cause ourselves unnecessary difficulties if we exaggerate this change. I think that um, despite little preparation, and here I think we, we could have done better, Um, Review has run reasonably smoothly, uh, and in the United Kingdom, I think we must thank the Health Research Authority. The necessary changes have been uh, well managed. And what of of the broader challenges? I'm thinking here perhaps of the the pressures of of turning research applications around quickly while, while still doing the job. Well, I think to start with, we we had a system to categorise work, uh, colloquially known as our Audit Research Service Evaluation or Surveillance Initiative, that uh, allowed us to separate out that that required review and that which didn't require review. And this has allowed pandemic management to proceed without the interruption or imposition of unreasonable regulatory bureaucracy. In essence, we've reviewed only what needs to be reviewed. And then I think more locally, the Oxford A Research Ethics Committee members, and I chair this committee, they've, they've seen the need to respond quickly and they've provided their responses rapidly for us. And they've also adapted to our remote meetings on Zoom. And I think actually other committees have done the same. I don't think we're unique in this way. Thinking of, of your committee, I mean, what differences do you see in the research in this pandemic that your committee needs to accommodate? Thanks. Well, I think we've had to adjust in a few ways. Um, firstly, I think balancing the benefits and harms has changed. Perhaps we could look at this uh, in three ways. The obvious greater risk of disease of COVID-19 might permit us greater research risks, and this balance needs quite careful consideration. 
we've had to, I think, and quite rightly, pay greater attention to public and community interest when weighing up the consequences of research. I think we obviously did this before, but we pay greater attention to it now. But I think it's also important to recognise that in this area, the remote monitoring in the pandemic um, has meant that it may not provide the same security uh, and sort of care, careful sort of attention to detail. I think we've had to accommodate the context of, of some COVID-19 research. I think we can we can sort of put, think, think of the pictures on the television of the chaos of, of intensive care, of isolation wards, the isolation of these patients and the fear that they have. And I think that this has been an important context for us to consider. It's been incredibly valuable to discuss this with applicants and they've been able to help us and describe what's going on in their wards so that I believe together we've been able to draw up what we could say are realistic consent processes. We've tried wherever possible to ensure research doesn't hamper care and if possible complements it. I think there's also been a slight change in our approach to confidentiality, uh, perhaps with greater emphasis on, on the seventh Caldecott principle, that there are times, and these are such, where it's important to share information rather than protect it. This doesn't mean we disregard confidentiality, but we have to recognise that sometimes it's important for the information to be out there for practical use. And I think we've also tried to help ensure research results are rapidly available, um, which is quite obvious an obvious need. We've talked so far about the challenges, but what about those opportunities that I alluded to in my introduction? Do you think perhaps I'm being too optimistic trying to find a silver lining in all of this? No, I, not at all, Alan. I, I think we can reasonably see a uh, silver lining on the edge of this cloud. I think there is a collaborative spirit. We've witnessed that, a sense of this, we're in this together. I think we've recognised that preparation is crucial and for future pandemics, for future occasions, being prepared is a crucial lesson. Where there's been prior experience and expertise, we've had a clear head start. History shows us its importance. And we've, we already had knowledge of coronaviruses, we had expertise in virology, and this has all provided uh, a basis for developing a response to this pandemic. Recognition that research has been important in our response um, is, uh, is a silver lining. The carnage without research would be unimaginable. We only have to reflect on pandemics before research, like the bubonic plague and their consequences. Researchers have demonstrated effective and just as importantly ineffective treatments and rescued us from uncontested opinion. We only have to think of ex-President Trump's promotion of bleach and hydroxychloroquine to see the importance of this. And more parochially, the establishment of remote meetings that will continue afterwards will provide us a new way to interact and underpin the necessary conversation in review. Review needs to be a collaboration, not a confrontation. Discussion enriches it and helps us reach what I would feel is a better opinion. The ways that we do clinical research have, have always been developing and, and often the biggest changes have arisen out of major events. Do you think when we look back at this period, we might view this pandemic as, as a turning point, um, as the catalyst, if you like, for, for doing things differently? I do. 
I think the pandemic can provide us with a crucial preface to future research. Yes, a preface, the part of any book that most of us skip. So let me try and justify this by explaining what I see as the preface's importance. Up until now, for many different reasons, the preface to modern clinical research has been a compilation of the horrors of experimentation. And as a result, our precautionary and damaging approach to regulation and review stems from this. This preface has shaped research and our response to it, and I would contend not for the better. But now the pandemic offers us an opportunity to rewrite it. There's much we can learn, and this should be the preface to future research, one that replaces the old. Research has saved lives and shaped the proper response to the pandemic. One has depended on the other, and they should never again be subject to the current artificial separation. I think in writing this preface, we need to think about and accommodate what is our most important readership, the public. This isn't a scientific community, so we must make our writing relevant and engaging. And I believe a description of the pandemic would surely grip the readership and provide relevant context. And the purpose of such a pre pre preface is simple. It's to help people understand the place of research, its relationship to their care, and how it's the bedrock for improvement. In fact, it's not a new message, but our recent devastating experience gives it greater relevance and emphasis. We can build trust and increase confidence in research so people might feel happy to support and promote it and join our research studies. The Indian author Arundhati Roy has written about this transition as we exit the pandemic. And she wrote, historically, pandemics have forced humans to break with the past and imagine their world anew. And this one is no different. It's a portal, a gateway between one world and the next. We can choose to walk through it, dragging the carcasses of our prejudice and hatred, our avarice, our tater banks, our dead ideas, our dead rivers and smoky skies behind us. Or we can walk through lightly with little luggage, ready to imagine another world and ready to fight for it. And if I were to develop this, if we're to fight for this new world and make it better, I think we must pack three things in our lightweight rucksacks. A continued commitment to the principles of healthcare, a preface to post-pandemic research to help us continue to improve healthcare, and our research methods. After all, when we leave this pandemic behind us, it's highly unlikely that a new world would require a different approach, and I'd contend that the burden of proof should rest on those who propose this disjunction and the need to abandon for all their new approach. And these, I would argue, are the vital pieces of our luggage. I think that particularly that quote from Arundhati Roy is particularly resonant. You know, the idea that the pandemic is a portal that we can walk through lightly with, with little luggage. Um, I think that's what I'm probably going to take most from this particular conversation we've had. Dr Davis, as always, thank you so much for sharing your ideas with me today. It's a pleasure, Alan. It's a pleasure. Thank you for listening. We would very much welcome your feedback on these podcasts, and I hope you will join us again next time.